Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. A little background. I'm 22 years old. The people in this story are somewhere in their late 20s and early 30s, but they would constantly change their ages, last names, and their jobs when I asked. My friend was 28. So, this is mostly ended, but this was ongoing for about a half a year. Due to a really shitty life situation, I had a really terrible breakup with the guy I'd been living with, and I was really raw. So, I had moved into an apartment with a friend who was really cool about it, but never home. She always had guests though, and they were incredibly deeply terrible and weird. The very first thing that her boyfriend said to me after meeting him was that I should never trust anyone, especially him. Okay, weird. But then he started hitting on me. My friend would sort of watch this in a really weird way as if she was jealous, but I kind of got this weird feeling that she wasn't. He was really oddly charismatic and he was the type that would get away with saying anything. My friend was the quiet, confident type, and she'd flirt with me on occasion too. It was really weird, but I figured that they were just poly or something. They came on strong, but I've always been the accepting type, so I didn't really care. A little over a month in, I couldn't move out and we had really started to get in trouble. Her boyfriend started threatening me and literally following me everywhere, including the bathroom. I'm starting to really freak out at this point. So my friend agrees to stay home, but then she starts staying home almost all the time. My friend then kind of fake rants about him to me, and she invites a completely new friend that I've never met to help us. They do this weird thing where they start to comfort me in front of him. He just sits in the corner as they start to hug me and tell me how awful he is, and then how great I am. I keep asking them to make him leave, but they just keep giving me excuses that seem really off to me. I also didn't have a job and I wasn't on the lease, yet the boyfriend and her friend were, but they didn't live there. Something that I really hated was that they were almost charmingly dishonest. They seemed like they were weirdly busy and if I asked for personal details they just kept changing the story. Her boyfriend literally said that he was a doctor, a judge, a cop, an actor, and even a lawyer at some point. My friend's friends seemed more like his friend and they'd always be his co-worker slash assistant, or occasionally boss, whenever they changed the story. My friend had a really rich family to rely on, so I'm pretty sure that she quit her regular job, but she would often make up stories about their jobs too. Whenever they would leave, they would never say where, and they would always keep their phones hidden. By three months, the boyfriend and her friend are pretty much there every day. My friend is there sometimes, but she makes it seem like I've offended her. I was still unable to find work then, so I felt pretty bad. Still though, her boyfriend and her friend were constantly asking me questions, having me explain everything, and being oddly rude but in very sweet kind of ways. I'm really sorry to say, but I actually fell for a lot of it. They even decided to give me two nicknames, Beautiful and Gullible. They tell really weird and pointless lies. 
They were with me 24-7, all day, every day. If I ever looked at my phone, they did too. If I went to go shower, they kept opening the door. Both of them. They're still acting really nice though and telling me how great I am. And they actually even all told me that they loved me at some point. They had also started saying that we're angels. Literally all of them tried to be romantic with me. And everyone started to kind of feel like authority figures. They were all really great talkers. Not to mention they were older than me. Well about four months in... I had gotten pretty used to the lack of privacy and boundaries. I would just keep saying it's temporary. My friend and her friends keep switching from nice to really terrible. At this point, they're literally sleeping in the same room as me. I would even wake up to them occasionally having sex. They even started waking me up randomly multiple times a night to do random tasks. My friend's boyfriend starts talking about how they're not really together anymore and about how I'm so great for him and blah blah blah. It's not too long before he starts telling me I'm the one in everything, and unfortunately, he was really easy to fall for. The whole time I was there, he was literally the only one I was ever alone with. I wasn't ever even alone with my friend. Even worse, I'm really strangely good at meshing with other people, so I really fit everyone really nicely. And I mean, when her boyfriend was actually being great, he was really great and would actually align really nicely. Because of this... I think I actually started to really believe his bullshit. Well, about five months in, all hell breaks loose. They stopped calling me by my name entirely and only called me gullible. Her boyfriend became really erratic after the first time I rejected him. They started creating planned drama to ambush me with. I'd even overhear them coming up with literal plans for the next day if I pretended to sleep. They were all really good at talking in weird loops and strange phrases. They would say things like, We're demons. You're a demon. We're terrible people. Be gullible. We are beautiful. And I have trust issues. They'd constantly ask me weird questions like, Who are you? And are you keeping secrets from us? Over and over again until I'd answer. They also started recording me and trying to get me to embarrass myself in any way possible. They wouldn't let me leave and I was always exhausted all the time. They tried to convince me that I was jealous of everyone around me, that I was a homewrecker, that I was someone else entirely, that I hated all minorities of any kind, that I was a prostitute, and that I was even secretly a pedophile. The accusations and explanations were pretty much constant. They'd corner me into everything and then openly take note of my reaction to absolutely everything. I started trying to escape them, but they kept telling me they had information on me that they'd send to everyone. I started getting the feeling everyone had heavy blackmail on each other. Well, six months in, they threatened me. They called a friend over to scare me. He actually pretended to be a sex trafficker. I really started to freak out, and I threatened to call the police. Everyone really started to change then. I had no energy. They started recording me, following me to the shower, trying to seduce me constantly, making me afraid to eat. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. 
Start your dollar a month trial today at Shopify.com slash records. They even tried to convince me that they had someone impersonate me to doctor evidence against me, then threatening me if I told anyone anything. Their very random drama got incredibly elaborate. They'd invite their friends over to pretty much humiliate and trick me over anything. I'd never even know anybody's name. Literal strangers would watch me sleep. They'd attempt to convince me of absolutely anything, and they'd coordinate attacks to get a specific reaction out of me. There were at least eight people involved. A few times, they figured out how to get me to go into huge fits of rage where I'd then threaten them and have a full freakout. They recorded them and kept asking if I wished for retribution. If I hurt or embarrassed them in any way, they'd say that that must be their atonement and catharsis. They'd repeat my secrets back to me, and by then, I'd actually given in to a few regrettable demands, and they'd remind me of them. They kept suggesting that in some way they created me, and that I was in their dream, or I was a character in their plot. When I'd finally reached my breaking point, they'd get terrifyingly sweet with me. They'd pretend that they were helping me get repressed emotions out, or giving me some sort of therapy. I even believed it out of exhaustion. Her boyfriend, who seemed to be the leader most of the time, started telling me that I was finally becoming beautiful. But the second I rejected his advances, the abuse started full force. They once again kept asking me if I wanted retribution. It was like they had unlimited time and energy, and I was always exhausted and in pain. I started to notice that their weird code words were actually working. I'd get an emotion or desire from them that I think was just too much. One night I just snapped and I couldn't think. I just didn't care anymore. Nothing else mattered to me and I just walked out with less than shoes. I walked shoeless to my ex's parents' house and he thankfully came to pick me up that night. So I guess for the time being, I live with my ex again. It's been less than a month but, very oddly, I just can't stop laughing about the whole ordeal. It really isn't funny to me, but I just can't have a normal reaction to it. There's a lot I left out, so it's probably a bit rushed sounding. But I guess for now, this is all I got. I went through literal hell, and I just really don't know what to do anymore. Maybe you guys can give me some advice. For some background, my grandma used to live in the countryside, and this takes place when I was around 9 or 10 years old. I'm now 15. My favorite part about going to her house was exploring all the woods and walking down the really long country road. It was winter, so the sun had went down really early. One of the few times I went there, I decided to go for a nighttime walk. I walked further than I usually did, and I came across a house that was, well, abandoned. I sat there for a good five minutes, trying to decide if I wanted to go in or not. Eventually, I decided to go in. When I got inside, there was nothing special, just pieces of broken house and furniture all around the floor. I heard no noise, so I decided to continue through the house. I eventually came across a room that I was about to enter, until I saw about five or six people standing around what looked like a dead rabbit in the middle of a circle that looked to be drawn with something dark, which I guess now was blood, but I'm not really sure. They were all wearing hoods, but not your stereotypical robe. But instead, they were just wearing sweatshirts with the hoods up. Hoodies, basically. They didn't see me, and before they could, I ran out of the house and ran all the way home. I have no idea what they were really doing, but it scared the fuck out of me, 
And I'm just really glad I got out of there when I did. I'll be using an alias for this story. My name is T, or rather that's my nickname. For some background, there was about three other people that I was with at the time. I'll call them Jason, Tori, and Rachel. There happens to be woods that are in my local park that you can walk around. It has trails and sightseeing parts. This was the night that we decided to stray away from the main trail. This took place last June, June of 2020 to be exact. My friends and I had gotten very bored one evening while we were on FaceTime. We'd already really been sick of the pandemic and we wanted to go outside to do something together. Jason suggested that we go to the park that was only a few blocks away from my house and then hang out there. It sounded like a good idea, so all of us decided to meet up there at 10pm. Well, about 9.50 rolls around and I had already gotten to the park and I was waiting there with Tori. 15 minutes later, Rachel then shows up with Jason. Looking back at it now, going into the woods at night was already really dumb, but nevertheless, we did it. I'd like to say that about 20 more minutes passed before I decided to go off trail to do some exploring. Jason and I were the only ones with flashlights, so we led the way. I think we must have been walking around for at least another hour before I saw another light. This is the part that I remember in extreme detail, so I'll try to do my best to describe it. I was in front of everyone, Jason standing behind me to the left, Tori was on my right, and Rachel was hanging on to my back. I had my light pointed forward and I started to scan it all around the surrounding trees. Moving from left to right, I spotted what looked like to be a clearing in the trees. Jason then pointed his light to the left and nudged me in the shoulder. We all looked in that direction and we had noticed a person standing in between two fir trees. They looked to be male, possibly 17 or 18 years old, but the shadows had covered their face too much. Knowing that we weren't alone outside anymore, I started to take a step back towards Rachel. I'm not gonna lie, at this point I was totally scared shitless. Jason and Tori told me that we should go see where the person went because maybe there was some sort of party we could crash. I shook my head no, and I told them that if there was really a party, we would be able to hear it. While we were whispering, arguing over if we should leave or not, Tori fell silent. She grabbed my head and she turned me around towards the clearing that had been in my back. Look, she said. I saw what she was looking at, and I clicked my light off. There were about 15 to 20 people standing in the clearing, just watching us. Tori, Rachel, and Jason all started to scream, and I yelled for them to run. At some point, we all got split up, and I was able to hear two pairs of footsteps trailing behind me. I ran for maybe five minutes before I dove into a bush to try and hide. While in the bush, I pulled my phone from my jacket pocket and then texted our group chat to ask if everyone was okay. While I was doing so, I heard the two people, who I now knew were men, walk around the- With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Area, then right back into the woods. 
I got into the bush and then sprinted as fast as I could back to the tree line and then to the park. My friends were pacing around when I got out and grabbed my arms, dragging me away. We eventually got back to the main road that led into the park, and I was told that evidently the only two people that broke off to chase us were the two men. After a while of us all catching our breath and calming down, we came to the conclusion that there was some sort of cult in the woods that night, and I must say, if their goal was to scare a few teenagers so badly they cried, it worked pretty damn well. This happened around 19 years ago, long before cell phones were a daily necessity. I'm female, and I grew up in a small town in North Sweden. Having parents who were very religious, me and my siblings had to attend meetings every Sunday and Wednesday. We were born into a large group of extremely religious people, not allowed to have flowers, pictures on the walls, radio, or even TV. They never attended the Swedish church's meetings themselves because... They felt themselves to have, as they called it, the only real belief, and even called the Swedish church society harlots. Women are forced to have long hair and cover it with headscarves. When they eventually grow up, they're forced into a marriage and to produce as many children as possible, always being available for breeding. Many of these women are putting their lives in danger because their bodies just aren't able to always be pregnant and giving birth like that. When I was in elementary school, I also had teachers who were in the same religious society. They tended to keep a close watch on me and the fellow students, who also belonged to the religious society. We were forbidden to attend dance classes and music classes, always forcing us during field days to go cross-country skiing instead of making our own choices for the fun day out. I really, really hated all the cross-country skiing, and I ended up with huge blisters that would take a really long time to heal after going out skiing. When I was around eight years old, my parents agreed that they wanted a divorce. They just couldn't live being watched and judged all the time. Now, for us children, this was the best thing to ever happen to us. Our parents were much happier and they actually got along very well. They actually both agreed to leave the religious society and start living a happier life. Well, the others in the society really didn't like that and they suddenly turned on us. It started with annoying phone calls that soon escalated into much worse. They would call us on the home phone anytime, day or night. They would threaten and insult us and tell us we would end up in hell and other crazy things. In school, my teacher started to call me and my siblings from classes to interrogate us, asking if our mother had different men in her bed, if we went to the movies, theater, and things like that. Now, because they did that to us in class, we ended up with an invalid absence and got bad grades. A lot of my other classmates saw that something was odd about this, and they started to bully me. They even started beating and kicking me, making a sport of it. And as you can imagine, the teachers never did anything to stop it. The society members started verbally attacking my mother every time outside, always screaming and calling her bad things amongst other things, and making a shame of her. They once even forced themselves into our home, Bible in hand, screaming that we were sinners and were going to hell. They even had a notebook writing down all the sinful things that we had in our home. We actually bought our very first TV when I was 12 years old. During this time, I started to get very ill. I hardly slept and I was pretty much scared all the time. I also started to develop aphasia. I got something called snowy vision and I even had to get new glasses like every six months because my vision changed so much. I would get really mad and get a lot of panic attacks. During this hard time, 
I had started to notice that there was something very wrong with my then four-year-old brother. He started to get very inverted and talking about really strange things. One time me and my mother found him sitting on the floor in his room swinging around, talking about him not being able to have children when he gets older because he was watching our mom's TV. It turned out that four of the society's elders had actually picked him up without our knowledge several times a week, locking themselves in a room with him and systematically trying to brainwash him. He actually almost developed a child psychosis. My mother and father succeeded to stop this in time, and they were able to make him understand that what they were doing was wrong. We're both grown up now, and my brother has a good job and a family today. My own situation didn't really improve, though, as they tried to interfere with my marriage. Someone actually went to my father-in-law trying to put an end to my marriage because my then-husband wasn't a society member. I'm currently divorced, but that's a whole different story. I actually got married when I was 18 years old, and I had my eldest son six months later. When I was in the hospital just giving birth to him, sitting in my room feeding him and listening to the radio, a woman burst in the room, then screaming and trying to turn off the radio. She forbid my best friend, who was a guy, to come visit me. She even had the audacity to physically push my parents out the door when they came to visit their firstborn grandchild. She didn't even work at the hospital. I was so mad and terrified. It's been almost 18 years now since I had my first child, and a lot has happened in my life. I ended up developing multiple sclerosis because of all the constant beating and stress that I was exposed to during so many years. Today I now realize that this was really just a cult, and I would never go back to that nor force my own children into that horrible life. I do have some friends who are still in the cult, but they actually accept me not being one of them. I still see some of my old teachers and some of the other members who tormented me and my family, but I don't interact with them at all. I hold my head up high and I show them that I really enjoy my new free life today, despite my MS. I really am grateful that I escaped that hell. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 